Good Divorce Podcast with Kate Brown. Hello, I'm Kate Brown. I'm a divorce and separation mediator. I've also been divorced, have three children of my own and two stepkids. No doubt about it, divorce is messy and painful all round. No one gets married or sets out on a life together thinking it won't last, caught up in the romance and excitement of the early days. But fast forward through the years and far too often these love stories end in heartache, bitterness and expensive solicitors on the job. And if there are kids involved, they take a lot of the pain. But trust me, separation and divorce doesn't have to be a nightmare forever. There is a way through it and there are steps you can take to help yourself and your family make peace with your new circumstances. I want to share my personal experience and draw on the insights of some amazing guests who have loads to say professionally and personally, and by doing so, help you have the best breakup possible. In this episode, I'm joined by Yvonne Smith, a conscious parent coach who helps parents connect deeply with their children, nurture resilience, and find more joy, ease, and flow as a parent. She's also a single mum to two boys and went through the separation process and all that entails a few years ago. She advocates that separation or divorce doesn't have to impact children negatively, despite it being strange and difficult in the beginning. One of the hardest things I found when I went through it was telling the kids their dad was moving out. It still haunts me that I could have handled it better, but let's hear what Yvonne had to say on this. Yes, Kate, we've both been through this particular journey. So, yeah, I mean, it is hard. I mean, I think that's the first thing to acknowledge and accept. Um, I think what you what the best thing to do is to consider your child's experience, you know, to kind of put the thing on its head and think less about what do I want to say? What do I want to get across? And instead think about how do I want my child to feel? I know that when my ex and I decided to separate and had this conversation looming, um, we sat down and talked about how did we want the children to experience that conversation and how did we want them to feel both during it and after it. And we came up with a few words and those words were safe, secure and loved. Um, And that really was our starting point. And should you actually tell them together or apart? I mean, I worried so much about that. When's the right time? Should I get them all together? Should we try and take one out separately and all that sort of thing? What's what's the right approach? Oh, Kate, there could be many approaches depending on the situation, depending on whether the pair of you are actually able to sit in a room together um, and depending on your children's ages. But I think in general, um, I would prefer to see both parents tell the children together. I think that creates greater safety and security for the children. You know, we decided that we would tell them together and the environment was an important consideration for us. So we kind of just sat them down on the sofa where we would normally sit as a family and um, decided, as I say, in advance how we wanted them to feel. But we actually went to the degree of planning who was going to say exactly what, and practicing it and listening to each other and tweaking it and changing it. Um, So we really went into that, you know, degree of granularity. Sounds like you really communicated well with your now ex, because it's hard when you're really, you're trying to extricate yourself from a relationship, but then Mm. you've got to sort of communicate over things like the children. 
Yeah, I mean, we were fortunate, I guess, in that we were able to have those conversations and we were able to set our own kind of difficulties to one side and think that, you know, the kids deserve to get the best experience here when we're telling them as best as we can. And it's not their fault that we're separating and they don't need to know about any of the difficulties that we might have. So, you know, we were able to set that aside. And I do feel that, you know, for anyone listening here, you know, who thinks, oh, my goodness, I can't imagine being able to set aside our own kind of feelings. I have come up with kind of a an analogy to think about, which is a box of snakes. And imagine that there is a box of snakes that you and your partner or your ex-partner are passing between each other because there's they're biting and they're poisonous and there's stuff going on. Brilliant. You, would, you wouldn't want to tip that box of snakes on your kid's head. <laughs> I mean, I remember one of mine just shrieked for about 20 minutes and then has never mentioned it again to this day, whereas my daughter was wow. more concerned about having two bedrooms and all her toys in each bedroom and then asked if she could go and watch telly. So I was quite surprised at how they kind of reacted so <laughs> differently. Yeah, they can react completely differently. I mean, my kids are very close in age. There's only 19 months between them and they didn't really have a different reaction. Let them react however they react. I mean, I think is very important. And also don't kind of big it up. You know, to me, it's not for us to point out things like, oh, you're going to have two bedrooms and it's going to be great. And it's kind of for us just to I feel give them very, very little information, keep it very simple, keep it very brief, keep it factual, and then open the floor to questions, you know, let them ask or make comments, or as you said, they'll ask things that you've not thought of, or make mm. comments that are completely unexpected. And it's simply about leaving space for all of that. Would you expect it to be normal that they show more of the kind of emotional upset in the weeks that follow. I mean, is that quite normal to sort of start to have behavior problems or, you know, sleeplessness or whatever? Absolutely. Yeah, because they ha they can't process it completely in the moment. And, you know, I suppose depending on the age of your children, particularly young children, can't actually see into the future and see what it's you know they won't be thinking ahead of well what's that going to be like next week when I'm staying at daddy's house instead of mum's house or what's this going to be like going from one house to the other or it's as things happen and as they're experiencing the changes that occur from this decision that you will get generally the reaction to it and the emotions will come out and it could be for days, for weeks, for months, longer, just depending on, on the child. In my mediation, I mean, I get a lot of parents who spend a lot of time arguing about how much time they should spend with the kids and where the kids should live. How much do you think kids should be involved in those decisions? Yeah, that's a really difficult one, Kate. It does depend on the age as well, to a degree. As children get older, they may have something to say and they may want to spend different times in different houses. And my feeling is to be as flexible around that as you can, whilst also making sure that 
the child is maintaining a relationship with both parents and so far as is possible, you know, but it's very difficult and every situation is different. And, you know, there are all sorts of things that have to be factored into that, because if one person doesn't have a regular work schedule, maybe they work shifts and they have different days off on different weeks or they work nights sometimes and days can be very, very difficult to create a structure and a routine and that can be something that can be difficult for some kids. Some kids take to that, no no problem. I mean, my two children are very different. The older boy, it was very important to him that he knew exactly what was happening on what day, what days he was in my house, what day he was in his dad's house. The younger one didn't really mind. He was happy to flip over and back. It didn't really make any difference to him. And if things were changed at the last minute, he didn't mind. But the older boy did. And there were times that my older child didn't want to go to his dad say and it wasn't so much I didn't want to go to his dad it was just things were maybe changed or they weren't what he was expecting and we tried to facilitate that to a degree and I suppose you know what we came across was it's really important to try and not take that personally mm-hmm. you know and not to not to bring a load of fear into that and start projecting down the road as to what impact that's going to have is trying to just be as be flexible and as much as you can. I totally agree. But, you know, listening to you, I feel that so much depends on you and your ex getting on together and cooperating. And I mean, how do you do it in a particularly hostile environment where actually you feel incredibly resentful towards your ex? You're just not getting on. You don't want to ever have to speak to him or her again. Oh, it's God, Kate, that's so hard. And I come across people all the time that are in that position. And there's no kind of magic bullet for that situation, <laughs> I'm afraid. You have to do the best you can. And it's, I, I mean, I'm going to come back to the box of snakes. I really think you have to think about, do my children deserve to have this resentment and everything sort of, you know, parked at their door? Um I also feel that it's really important that if you're really struggling, that you get support, that you get help, that you get help to heal. My kind of biggest piece of advice is get help to heal yourself and actually as well, get support to help you um, be able to have tools that you can access to calm your nervous system down. I mean, I went through, although everything was really amicable with my ex in the beginning, there was a point where it became very difficult at one point. And I hired somebody because I felt that I was being emotionally reactive and that reactivity was spilling out on the kids and I didn't like it. And especially kind of when we had gotten off such a good start and I learned how to do emotional freedom technique, EFT tapping. I learned how to do breath work. I learned how to calm myself down so that I wasn't so emotionally reactive. That's amazing, isn't it? Because it's so easy just to kind of download on your kids, isn't it? To make them take on some of your emotional struggle through all this. And I guess that's just the last thing you should do. So seeking help is really important. It is. And I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, I had to recognize that I needed help, you know, that I needed help and that I didn't like how I was showing up. And I was regretting at times my emotional reactivity and my inability to contain my own emotions. Um, So I had to get help and I did and it worked. It was really, really useful. And I know that a lot of people will say, oh, I can't afford it. And I get that. But I would kind of say, beg, borrow, I was going to say steal, no, don't, <laughs> don't, don't steal, Kate, let's not encourage people to do that, but beg, borrow, you know, because if you 
needed a life-changing operation okay you would find the money from somewhere to get to do that but this is life-changing your whole identity has to shift and change you need to create a whole new life for yourself one that where you are feeling confident and empowered and you know that you have worth and all of that and that's going to impact the rest of your life so i would say if you're not if you're struggling you just find a way do whatever it takes to get the help that you need sure another really difficult issue i think is when either you or your ex finds someone else how do you cope with bringing a new person into your family i suppose again it's very individual because I would say if one person or either both, whatever, meet somebody and they're they're dating or whatever, the kids don't really need to know about that in early course, you know, particularly young kids. They don't really need to know about it unless it comes to a point where it's a bit further down the road. I mean, you're you're trying to create stability and security in your children's lives and having partners other partners coming in and out of them is not ideal so yes if something is is looking like it's turning into something serious yeah introduce them for sure but very gently and don't force it on your kids you know still you need to put your kids first and and, you know I really I truly believe that and it doesn't mean that you don't get to have a life or you don't get to have a relationship of course you do but it doesn't have to be enmeshed within the relationship with your children particularly in the early days One of the things my kids found really hard was when my ex met somebody and he's now married to her, but she had five kids. So suddenly overnight they had, I know, (laughs) crazy. They had five step siblings and they really just wanted to see their dad. They didn't want to go and have holidays with the five. They didn't want to have dinner with them. They just wanted to see their dad, but it was kind Mm. of forced on them. And I think that was really tough, to be honest. Yeah, that is really tough. Um, And I am a big advocate of protecting some time that doesn't include the other partner and their children or whatever. I mean, my ex is seeing somebody has been for quite some time and he does protect some time just with the kids, you know, to a degree. Um, And I think that's important. And I remember a similar situation arose in the early days when he started seeing this woman that the kids were kind of feeling like they wanted dad all to themselves or and they weren't even expressing that necessarily directly but I mean I remember having conversations with them about that daddy has enough love to go around for everybody and you know I kind of helped them as well and again it depends on what's where your frame of mind is how how willing you are to do that but again my priority was how the kids were feeling so I didn't mind getting involved in those sorts of conversations with them and also pointing out to him look maybe can you spend some time with them just on their own you know and and he was amenable to that and he was able to see that how how beneficial that was for them yeah I mean all this you know it sounds when you're talking it, it makes me think it's It's just so important, isn't it, that we are the adults in this because sometimes you just want to behave like a big kid when you're going through a divorce and you just want to shout and scream and but you have to kind of be an adult to guide your kids through all this. Yes, absolutely. You want to throw a big tantrum and stamp your feet and lie on the floor and kick and scream. (laughs) Absolutely. And I've had many times like that myself. But yes, you have to you have to be the adult. And I think you just have to 
segregate. You really have to compartmentalize the relationship that you have with your ex and the relationship you have with your children, that, you know, and, and make sure that you are showing up to your children the way that you would like to. And, you know, I, I often think about what do I want my children to say when they're grown ups about the separation? Do I want them to say, oh, my God, my parents separated when I was what, what age were they, eight and ten or mm. whatever? And it was awful. Or do I just want them to go, yeah, my parents separated when I was a kid, as in no big deal, you know? And I know plenty of people who, you know, friends of mine whose parents separated. And there's a big difference in the stories they tell. And the people who are telling the story of, yeah, it was fine, you know, have lived a life that has been better for them in many ways. And whilst I don't want to scare people, um, and that's not what I'm here to do, I do feel it's it's important to remember that how you show up for your kids has an impact on their emotional well-being and their resilience moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, you do want them to come out of it thinking, yeah, my parents divorced, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And maybe they're happier now and I can see that. And you want them to forgive us, basically, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And there will be times maybe where they, I mean, I had things flung at me by the children, you know, and blame and just because they were feeling hurt and all of that and you kind of just have to suck it up a bit and know that if you handle things well you know they'll come out the other side and yeah you just want them to be well and as I say if anybody's listening to this and thinking oh my god no I've messed the whole thing up what I would say is no it's okay it's never too late to change how the story unfolds from here on in so you know, if you don't feel you've got everything right up to this point, give yourself a bit of grace, dust yourself off, get up and go, right, well, from now on, I'm going to change how this story unfolds. I think that's so important because I do know people that didn't get it right when the kids were young, but have since developed really, really good relationships with their kids as they've grown up and don't kind of think, oh, I, you know, I messed it all up and that's it. You can move forward and make things better, can't you? Totally. And it doesn't matter what age the kids are, even if they're grown up now, you can still, you can actually turn around to them and apologize and say, do you know what? I handle things really badly and I'm really sorry. And it's never too late to change, as I say, how the story unfolds and change the dynamic with your children. If you've messed things up a bit, it's never too late. Such fascinating insight from Yvonne Smith there, who can be found on Instagram at This Parenting Adventure, where you can get in touch with her to book a session. So the main messages I took away from Yvonne were these. Put your children's centre stage and consider how you want them to experience the breakup. Focus on making the kids feel safe, secure and loved. Present a united front if you can. Practice what you're going to say keep it simple and then let the kids ask the questions. Going forward, it's also fantastic advice to consider whether you need to seek help for your own anxiety so that you show up to your children calm and composed. Don't be afraid to reach out to people who can help you. And in fact, I'll be talking to some of these professionals in future podcast conversations. But above all, don't torture yourself if you haven't managed to get everything right so far with your children. It's never too late to try and make things better and give the story a different ending. Thanks for listening and join me next time. The Good Divorce Podcast with Kate Brown. Follow and rate on your favourite podcast app.